Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Would you go out of your way to save a life? Let me ask it again. Would you go out of your way to save a life? Okay, there's three or four of you. We're in trouble when you're in this room, right? Let me ask that question one more time. Would you go out of your way to save a life? Okay, thank you. That makes me feel a little better. I hope I wouldn't have a medical issue or something right here. (laughs) It's in trouble. One of, our, uh, one of our young people in our church, actually young adults, uh, his name is uh, Jaden, Jaden Brown. Jaden works for the Spalding County Fire Department. And about three or four weeks ago, he was on the news on the Channel 2 here in Atlanta because he had went out of his way to save a life. He was fighting a fire at a house, a house fire. And he was, you know, there doing his duty as a fireman. And then when someone came out of the house, the homeowner had come out of the house. And while he was fighting the fire, the homeowner collapsed. And he went right into action. This young man, he'd only been on the job a year, went over. Jaden went over, began to do CPR. And another police officer come and helped him. And the guy had no pulse when they got there. But just after a few moments of them working with him, they got a pulse back and they saved his life. Isn't that awesome? Can we just give him a hand? So proud of him. But I want to tell you, the question that I have, would, would you go out of your way to save a life, is this. It's is because uh, I want to ask you this question because you have the opportunity. You know, when I was a teenager, at 15 years of age, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But the only reason I did is because there was someone who went out of their way to save my life. You see, only God can save your soul, but God uses people like you and I to help save people's lives because you can't do better or be better till you know better right and so if I would have kept going the direction I go even though I asked Christ to come in my life and save me I had to have someone to reach out to me and show me the way and I would say that those people along my life's journey have saved my life would you agree with that have you met people in your have there been people in your life that that have guided you that's directed you that saved you of a lot of pain a lot of heartache because they reached out they went out of their way to save a life. So the question that I have for you is, is that, uh, is who in your life, who was it that went out of their way for you? Who was it that, that just went above board, did, did more than you could have ever asked them to do in order to help you along your life's journey? They went out of their way to save your life. And so today when I talk about saving a life, I'm not talking about saving someone's soul. Only God can do that. But God uses us as people to reach out to other people in order that we may help guide them in order to save their lives. Are you tracking with me? Okay. And so again, so here's the question I want to ask you this morning. We're going to ask it several times because I hope you never forget it. Because everyone around you is asking this question of you. And it's this. It's coming up on the screen. Let's say it together. You ready? It's coming up. Let's say it. Will you go out of your way to save my life? That's the question. Will you go out of your way to save my life? 
Because everyone's asking that question. Now, I want to uh, talk to you today about how to save a life. And I want to give you three things today that I think if you, will, if you will practice these things, then God will use you in a mighty way to help save someone's life. And that is three things. So you ready? The first one is this. Would you write this down? Number one is this, is become a mentor. Become a mentor. Now, as we say, when I say become a mentor, many of you say, well, I, that's not me. Well, let me tell you something. It is you. Because every person in this room has influence. You influence someone. And so because you're influencing someone, you're actually mentoring someone. And so today what I want to do is call your attention and just go ahead and own it, that you are a mentor to someone. And so become that. Own it. When you own it, you become it. And so I want to, I want to challenge you to do that. I read a, uh, a study by a guy by the name of Anthony uh, Campello, who was actually a sociologist. This is what he said, a statement. He says, I don't believe we live in a generation of bad kids. He said, I believe we live in a generation of kids who know too much too soon. Would you agree with that? There's a lot of information out there, isn't there? And some of it's not, some of the children aren't ready to receive and, and young people aren't ready to receive. You know, uh, thank God for Google, right? Oh, anybody like Google? I love Google. Google helps me out. Google's my friend. YouTube is amazing, isn't it? You can do anything. Last uh, couple of weeks ago, I had major surgery on my back. Major surgery. They removed a little mole about like that. <laughs> had to put four stitches in the back. Now, you do know the difference between major and minor surgery, don't you? Major's when it's on me and minor's when it's on you. <laughs> And so uh, I went to the dermatologist, and they put about four stitches in my back, you know. And, and so uh, my dermatologist, the office was moving. And they told me, they said, okay, come back in three weeks. Well, when I called back, and they're moving. And Rhonda's looking at these stitches on my back. And, you know, it's been three or four weeks. And she says, Jeff says, uh, you got to get those stitches out. They're growing in your skin. And, and she started every night telling me how painful that was going to be because those stitches had grown into my skin. I had to get them out. So sure enough, I called my dermatologist's office again. They're still closed. And they said, okay, you know, go to your, uh, go to your primary care or whatever. So me being the person that, you know, is very uh, cheap, <laughs> I called one of our nurses here at our church. She graduated uh, nursing school about three years ago. And, uh, you know, she does for a living. She catches babies. And so I said, Morgan, I know that uh, you probably could do this. She said, yeah, I, could, I probably can do that for you. And so uh, she comes over Friday, and, uh, you know, because her husband works on staff here, I'm expecting something for free, you know. <laughs> and so she comes over on Friday, and, and she said, you know, uh, I haven't, I've never taken stitches out. She said, but I want you to know, be assured I've watched five YouTube videos. I'm good. Oh, my confidence went. <laughs> but I stand here today stitch free. That's right. And she did it. Thank you, Morgan. <laughs> you know what the problem is, is that, you know, there's a lot of information, but our, but our younger people need, they don't need information from us. They need interpretation. Right? Because it's not just knowing it. It's, it's one thing to know an answer, but you need some interpretation as to how to apply that to your life. And so it's not just information that they need interpretation from us. Look what the Bible says. Proverbs 27, 17 says this. People learn from one another just as iron sharpens iron. Just as iron. We need each other is what he's saying. And let me just say this to you. 
If everyone that you talk to and you hang out with is just like you, you're not growing. If, everyone, if everyone's the same age as you, same demographic as you, then you're not growing. And, and I want to tell you that we have to divide this gap that we have between, you know, people that are over 40 and under 40. And I want to tell you, I feel like I think I figured this out. Those of us that are over 40, we have to learn to communicate with those that are under 40. And you know what that means? We've got to learn how to text. Whether you like it or not, we have to learn how to text. We have to become good at that. And those of you that are under 40, you have to learn how to talk. Right? And so we own that. We own that over 40, we've got to learn how to text. But under 40, we've got to learn how to talk. And we've got to learn to come together because we need each other, right? And we, we need each other to make each other better. Look what, the, again, Proverbs 18 says this. Make your words good, and you'll be glad you did. Words can bring death or life. You agree with that? Too much talk, and you'll eat everything you say. I would say too much posting on social media, and you'll eat, uh, end up eating everything you say, right? Be careful what you, be careful what you post, especially when you're angry. Word, we want to use words when we're thinking about becoming a mentor. We want words to give direction, not just correction. Did you hear that? When someone sees you coming, when someone sees you coming, they're thinking, okay, well, they're going to tell me something else to do. And, and, and I want to be honest with you, because I'm a teacher. That's what God's called me, gifted me to do. I want to help everybody. And so many times whenever I, I, I'm around people, I just automatically go into correction. And don't do it that way. Do it this way. And it, I want to be honest with you. It's something that I struggle with and I have to work on. I have to learn to give direction and not just correction. And that's what helps us make a connection with, with the younger people. I remember uh, uh, reading the story of Truett Cathy and hearing his story. Matter of fact, I was with him this week. Here's my picture. It's coming up. That's the new, uh, the new Truett's at Stockbridge. They have his statue right there. And, and I went by and just had a picture with him. I thought that was pretty cool. And, and so as he put his arm around me, <laughs> you know, as I was sitting there, I was thinking about what made this man so great. You know, he was a multi-billionaire, right, because of, of Chick-fil-A and what he had done with that, creating that franchise and doing all of that. But what amazed me about his life was this, is that he had his priorities straight. And I thought, how in the world could this man be, do such a great thing with this great organization? And I found out that he went to church every Sunday. He closed his restaurants on Sunday. He went to church every Sunday at Jonesboro First Baptist. And not only did he do that, but he made his way into a Sunday school room with some, with some uh, boys. And every Sunday for 50 years, he taught Sunday school to, to elementary age boys. And it was amazing. He became a mentor to them. And as busy as a billionaire is, he made time every week to get out to make sure he was investing in someone. He was interpreting life's, life's uh, discussions and, and decisions with them. He was showing the way. And if our culture is ever going to get better, we can't shun people that are different from us. We have to learn to get around them that, that we can influence each other and make each other better, right? Because I'm better with you, and whether you like it or not, you're better with me, right? You don't know what it's like to be bald-headed. I have to tell you what it's like. You don't, you, don't know, you don't know life from my perspective. I don't know it from your perspective, but once I get around you, I can discover that, and it makes me a better person. And so becoming a mentor is what uh, we want to be. You're going to own it. You already are one. You just have to own it. And look what Jesus said this, Matthew 18 and 20. He said, for where two or three come together in my name, there I what? 
There I am with them. See, the question is, will you go out of your way to save me? That's the question that everybody around you is asking. Will you go out of your way to save me? But you say, well, Pastor Jeff, they're so angry and they're so irritable. Well, behind all of that is a hurting person that's begging someone to go out of their way to help save their life. And God has put you there and me in the people's lives in order to do that. You see, Jesus, what I want to tell you is that we're going to, we're going to launch into something great this October, and I'm so excited. When I was on the, this um, three weeks of, of, of time away from here, it's amazing when I get away how that God speaks to me. And I was praying about God, the direction of our church, what does God want us to do, and God spoke to me about what He wants us to do. And this, this fall, we're going to have a spiritual uh, a, a campaign to where we just grew, say we're going to grow spiritually. We're just going to grow. And so he laid on my heart, I, I actually, um, I'm going to be doing a weekend messages every weekend, and then we're going to have small groups that are going to talk about those messages, and then I wrote a book that you're going to get to read that's going to go along with the messages and the, and the small group material. It's all going to work together, and we're going to do it for seven weeks. But you know, when I was praying about God, the groups that we're going to have, you know, we have groups around here, and this, we had a goal this fall of having 50 groups. But while I was praying over there, and I said, God, what do you want? And the Lord come to me back, and he said, add a zero to it. And so instead of 50 groups, we're going to have 500 groups. I'm like, God, are you sure about this? And like, you know, because that's a big deal. From 50 to 500, it's like, wow. But this is what he says. He says, I want every person to have a group. And so that means where two or three are gathered together, he says, I want you to do a group. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, I'm going to have a group with every person in this room. And what I'm going to ask you to do this fall is that I'm going to, I'm going to record a little video that you can download on your phone. And I'm asking you at your lunch table that you get one or two people together with you, you know, in your neighborhood, get one or two people with you uh, in the cafeteria, the high school, middle school, get one or two people with you on your college campus, get one or two people with you and sit down and watch. Watch this, and you ask the questions, and God's going to use you to impact people's life and change their life. Everybody, everyone's going to reach one. It's not going to be about Pastor Jeff, and it's not going to be about our staff. It's going to be about you infiltrating your world and life and changing people's lives. That's it. You're you're it. Who is he talking to? I'm not talking to the person beside you. I'm talking to you right now. God's calling you that you're going to have your own group wherever you gather at. And, you know, you're going to have Facebook. If you got friends on Facebook, then you're going to circle them up on Facebook and have discussions. You can have a group anywhere. We're going to have over 500 groups. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? That's how we change our community. Listen, our community can't get better until it knows better, right? Can't do better, be better, they know better. And God is counting on you and me to go out and share the word. We're going to own that we are mentors, and we're going to mentor our community, amen, and our families. That's why we're doing this message now. It's called our families because inside of our families as well. So what I want you to do is on on the back of your connection card, it says this. It says, send me information about the two or more groups. That's what we're calling them, two or more. And you can do them anywhere. Uh, So I want you to check that box so we can send you information and get you on track and watch God use your life. Number two, the second thing, how to save a life is give them a place to belong. Give them a place to belong. Everybody is looking for belonging. 
Every one of us have a longing for belonging. Every one of us do. You know, especially our young people, they're looking. Why do, why do you think that gangs are so popular? It's because everybody's looking to make a connection with someone. They feel like they've been rejected by everybody else. And they're saying, where do I fit in at? And God has an answer for that. Look what the Bible says here. Ephesians 2 and 19 says this, Now you, you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country. And let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. With every, you belong. And we need to let the people in our world, in our space, at work and at school and in college, our neighborhood, we got a place for you to belong. We got a place for you to belong. And that's what I love about you. Do you know I love you? You're the best church I know. I've been to a lot of them. And you're the best. Because you know why? You've been so willing to put away, put aside what you prefer. Because in this room today, there's hundreds of, there's hundreds of different backgrounds. I mean, many of us have, you know, many of, us, many of you went to church where you didn't move in church. You went like this. If somebody, raised, if somebody went like that and clapped their hands, it was like, oh, what, what's wrong with them? And some of you from charismatic background, I mean, you're all over the place. Woo-hoo-hoo! Yeah. Okay, maybe not many of you. <laughs> some of you were, you were all over the place. You know? And we got all kinds of backgrounds here. But you know what the great thing I love about you is you put aside your preferences and you say, we're going to become a church that, that everyone can be a part of, and we're going to lay aside what we prefer in order to reach as many people as possible. That's what I love about you. You see, we said this, we would never change our message, but we always have to change our methods, don't we? And that's what I love about you, is that you've been willing to be that kind of church, and that's what makes us great, is that everyone says that, no matter their age. That's why we have, you know, we have uh, teenagers, that, that, a lot of uh, students and teenagers, and and we have young adults. Every, we have, we're a church of all ages. Don't you love that about us? We're not just a 20-somethings church, and we're not just a 70-somethings church. Isn't that awesome? We're all in between because we're God's family. Look what the Bible says. Jesus said this. A new commandment I give you, love one another. Would you read what's underlined? As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Would you agree with me? That love goes out of its way to save a life? Would you agree with me that Jesus went out of his way to save our lives, to save our souls? Not only, not only are Jesus, you know, Jesus didn't just want to save our soul, he wanted to save our lives. He wanted to be a mentor to us as well. That's why we have the Gospels, so we can see what his life would like, so we can uh, begin to try to live like that. Jesus, when he left heaven, I think he went out of his way, don't you? I, don't, you think that, don't you think that when he left heaven and agreed to come to earth and live for 30, 33 years, that he went out of his way? I mean, can you imagine his whole life, Jesus, he was growing up, people looked at him and made fun of him. He was an outcast. Why? Because he was an illegitimate child according to their uh, customs. I mean, they, everybody knew that Joseph wasn't his dad. Everybody knew that, you know, that she got pregnant before they got married. Everybody knew that. And everywhere that he went, people uh, called him names, and they pointed at him. And he went through all that humiliation. His whole life, he was rejected his whole life. But he went out of his way to save you and to save me. When he went to the cross, would you say that he went out of his way? 
when he, could have, when he said, you know, I can call 12,000 angels right now to come and rescue me. And he had the power to do that, but he kept his mouth shut to go out of his way to climb up that hill and, and carry that cross for you and me. Jesus went out of his way. When they drove the spikes in his hands and the, in his feet, he went out of his way. When he on the cross right there, when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I would say he went out of his way. Would it you? And so love goes out of its way to save people. And that's what we do at SEC here. And let me just tell you something. SEC is not a building. It's you. We're one together. We're SEC. We are SEC. And, and, and I want you to know that we've always went out of our way to do that. That's why we do three services on Sunday. It's because we're going out of our way to save people, right? But I want to tell you, we're not just stopping there because we realize, how many, how many of you know someone that either works in the medical field or in the restaurant business or own a job that calls them to be away on Sunday or their children are involved in sports and something and they're always gone on the weekends? How many of you know somebody like that that's gone? Let me see your hands. All right, great. You know what? All those people are cut out of Sunday church. I was, what, what really shook me was right after we moved into this building, there was a lady that I met in the back. She, uh, she came into our third service, and she said, Hey, uh, Jeff, you probably don't remember me. And, I'm, you know, that Rolodex is starting to flip in my mind. I'm like, Oh, oh, please let me remember. Let me remember, you know. She knew my name, and I'm like, i got to remember. And I said, well, I, I, I vaguely remember you, but I can't call your name. And she says, I haven't been here in 10 years. I said, that's a good reason. That's a good reason. <laughs> and she said, I haven't been here in 10 years because 10 years ago, I changed jobs. and I had to work the weekends. And I've not been able to go to church in 10 years because I had to work the weekends. And she said, I retired, so I'm back. And that just crushed me because I thought, you know what? Isn't that sad? For 10 years, she couldn't go to church. She couldn't fellowship with anyone. She could watch online, but she couldn't fellowship with anyone. And because we're SEC, and because we're willing to do the crazy stuff, we're going to begin something on Monday nights called Monday Night Church. We're going to start a service on Monday night. Matter of fact, we call it our first new campus. It's going to be in our west campus on the other end of the building. And we're going to start Monday night church for people that, that have to work on the weekends, have to be gone with their children through the weekend, that we said we're going to do whatever it takes to go out of our way to save them. Amen? And that's, what, that's the kind of church that we are. Aren't you excited about that? <clears throat> so we have this little card inside of your program. And this card is for you to tell those people that you know that can't be there on the weekends that we got a place for you, that you can come and receive God's Word and receive God, the fellowship of people and grow in, God's, and grow in God uh, by coming on a Monday night. It's going to be an exciting time. So anyways, I want you to pass it around. We'll tell you more about that uh, in a couple of days coming up. Now, number three, let me share this with you. Let me, let me say, remember what we said. Remember our statement. Our statement, our question we're asking is this. Will you go out of your way to save me? Let's say that together. Ready? Come on. Will you go out of your way to save me? That's what every person is asking that you're coming in contact with, no matter how they're acting. They're needing someone to point them in the right direction. No matter how bad they're fighting for the direction they're going. The third thing is this. How to save a life is this. 
is give them a space to fail and a faith that won't fail. Give them a space to fail, but a faith that won't fail. Now, Jesus, again, when he was, at years, at, when he was 30 years old, he began his earthly ministry. And he went out and chose 12 people to come and follow him. He asked him and said, will you come and follow me? Basically, what he's saying is, is I want to be a mentor to you up close. I want to mentor you. And so they agreed that to follow him, and he mentored them. He called them his disciples. And so he was their mentor. And as he did this, he was, you know, getting close to the, to the 33rd year of his life, which would be the time that he would be crucified. And he begins to tell his disciples that, you know, I'm going to go through Jerusalem. They're going to crucify me. And one of his disciples named Simon Peter said, heck no, not as long as I'm around. I'll never leave you. I'll never, I'll never walk out on you, Jesus. I'll die for you. And Jesus looks at him and says this. Look what he says. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift, you, sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in what? You know, that's what a good mentor does. They plead for the person that's, in, that's got their attention in prayer. He says, I pleaded for you in prayer, Simon, that your faith should not what? Should not fail. What's those next two words? What are they? So when, that's very important, so when you have repented and turned again to me, strengthen your brothers. What was he saying? He was saying, let me tell you something, Simon, you're going to fail. I know you're going to fail. But when you do, don't let your faith fail. You repent and come back to me. See what I'm talking about? If Jesus gave his disciples enough room to fail and allowed them to fail, then don't you think that we should let the younger people around us fail? I mean, don't you think that, listen, everybody that we know, they're going to go through loneliness. They're going to go through times of depression. They're going to go through times of crisis. They're going to go through times of criticism. They're going to go through all kinds of times. But what we have in this generation, we have a problem. It's you and, listen, all of us over 40, we got a problem. Is that we don't want to let anybody fail. We want to jump in and we want to, we want to get our nose in somebody else's business when God's trying, and God's trying to work something in their life. And we just jump in too soon and we try to fix everything for them and we don't let them experience any failure. The only problem with that is that we have a generation that's growing up right now that is so anxious. Why? It's not failure that scares them. It's the fear of failure that scares them. They've never failed, so they don't know how to fail, so they're scared to death to fail. And because of that, they're so anxious and they're, they're, they're so eat up with anxiety and fear because they've never failed. And so you and I got to get out of the way, and we got to love them enough and let them go through something so they'll know something, right? You don't know nothing until you've been through something. And when we keep intervening in their lives and we don't let them fail and, and we don't let them go through the struggle, they can never get stronger again in their faith. And so we have to learn to step back and say, okay, God, when, we have to know, like that great theologian Kenny Rogers, you've got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? You've got to know. And, and so what I want to say is this. And see, if we don't let them fail, they're never going to know that, that failure will not kill them. You see, when they fail, then they can name the failure. You say, okay, well, I went through that, and I understand already. So here's the deal. When they can name their failure, then they can tame their failure. When they See, it's the fear. When they can name their fear, then they can tame their fear. And until we let them experience the failure, they can never name this issue. They can never say, well, I've been there, and I know that won't kill me, so I, I can try it again, right? you got to name it to tame it, baby. And we won't let them do that. 
And we have to back off and we have to say, okay, God, you've got to teach them this lesson. And I trust you with them, and you got it. And when they fail, we, we're there to help them. When they're ready to get back up, we're there to help them back up and say, okay, we're going to help dust you off, and we're going to help point you in the right direction, right? So we want to let them have failures, but their faith not fail. And so have their tr- confidence in Jesus Christ. Look at, look at this next verse with me. Proverbs 24 and 16 says this, Even if good people, even if good people fall seven times, they will what? Get back up. But when trouble strikes the wicked, that's the end of them. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, just because you have a failure doesn't make you a failure. Did you hear that? Just because, you, just because you've had a setback, just because you went through a divorce doesn't make you a failure. Just, just, just because you lost your job doesn't make you a failure. Just because you got something on your record doesn't make you a failure, right? I mean, we've all been dumb. We've all done stupid things we regret, right? And, and so we learn to move on from that. And he's saying, if the righteous person falls seven times because they have faith in God, they get back up again, right? That you know that when you go down, that you're not down for the last time because God is with you, and he's going to help you get back up again. No matter what you go through, he's a God that's there with you, right? He's going to help you. He's going to help you. But without God, notice what he says, but without God, he says, but when trouble strikes the wicked, that's the end of them. Without Jesus Christ, you have no hope. You're on your own. See, when I fail, and when many of you fail because you're Christ's followers, and we're going to, God lets us have those failures just like he did Simon Peter. He let him, he let him go down. But when he went down, he learned that he could get back up, right? And he got back up. And I want to tell you something today. is that many of you sitting in this room, you don't have, when you don't have Christ in your life, you have no hope. Who else is going to help you up? You know, your parents can't help you. Your children can't help you. Your bank account can't help you. There's nothing that can help you. When you have no one to help you, I'm telling you, God is the one that can do anything, and God is the God of the impossible, and God's the, God, the one that we hold on to, that when nothing else helps us, God Almighty will help us. Amen? That's the hope that I have. Listen, I don't, you can take everything I got away from me, but as long as I got my faith in God, I know there's a new day coming. I know it'll be a brighter tomorrow because God's got me no matter what, right? Oh, I, I've been broke, busted, and disgusted. I've been down, and there's many people that counted me out, but my Heavenly Father had another plan. And when everybody else thought that was the end of me, He knew that was the beginning of me, right? And when, when everybody thought it was the end of you, God had another plan, and it was the beginning of you. Isn't that great? Mm, mm, mm. And so today, if you're not a Christ follower, I want to challenge you today. Step over the line. You, don't, you should not live life without hope. And Jesus Christ is the only way you get it. And so we have a prayer inside of our program. It's right here. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I challenge you. I challenge you to pray that prayer. And you mean it. And when you do that, God's going to come in your life. And he's going to do a great work in your life. And I just ask you to check it on the back of his card so that I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you today. Look at the last verse with me. I love this. Remember our question that we were asking? The question we're asking is, will you go out of your way to save me? And there's some of you today that God, God saved you, but you forgot about it, that he's with you. Look what it says. He says this, keep your lives free from the love of money. Why did he say that? Because the world says the love of money can answer all your problems. 
Let me tell you something. I've lived long enough to know it can't. Amen. It can't. You can have all the money in the world, but if your children are, are, are messed up, then you're messed up, right? If your marriage is messed up, then you're messed You can have all the money in the world, but if you've got relationship problems, friend, it doesn't matter. I have millionaires talk to me, and they said, listen, I'd give everything I've got to have a relationship with my son or daughter. I'd give everything i got if I could get my marriage straightened out. God's the only one that can do those things. He goes on and says this. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have because God has said. What does God say? Let's read it. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence. Let's say it. You ready? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? That's the question. Remember, God, God is always willing to go out of his way to save you. No matter, no, matter what you, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God is always in hot pursuit of you. Do you, do you believe that? He's, all, he's always going out of his way to save you. I don't know if you ever recognize that or not, but sometimes I do some stupid stuff. Sometimes, yeah, that's right. Somebody said, oh, just ask Rhonda. She'll tell you. Sometimes I say things that, you know, I, I do things that with the right intention, but they just come across the wrong way. And I was like, oh, God, I've messed up. I've done something stupid. And you know what? It's amazing how many times that God rescues me. And everybody, and sometimes, you know, some of the things we've done around here, you go, boy, our pastor's so smart. No, he's not. God pulled me out. <laughs> he did it. God did it again. I'm like, look at God. Would you look at God? You are so good, God. You straightened that out. And I want to tell you, that's the kind of God that we serve. And my challenge to you today is this. Will you recognize that he's trying to save you in every aspect of your life? He's not just trying to save your soul. That's why, that's why he's putting you around people in your life that you can get better. And, and that's, why, that's why he's putting you around some people who need to get better. And you're there to help them get better. You're that mentor in their life. I know they're angry. I know they're sarcastic. I know they're a jerk. And I know you don't want to be around them. I know that. Oh, I, they're EGRs, extra grace required, right? Do you know anybody like that? Well, if you don't know anybody, it's you. But, but you know, those people like that, I mean, they're all in our lives, right? I mean, some of us are married to them. But don't look now. Don't look. Just look at me. But you know what? God's put us there. And he's going to use our lives to save their lives. Would you stand with me? I want to ask you a very important question today. That question is this, will you go out of your way to save a life? Matter of fact, let's say this on the screen. Let's just say this again. Let's make it very personal. You ready? Come on. Will you go out of your way to save me? To save me. That's what everybody wants to know. And you got to answer that question because somebody's life's depending on you. Somebody. This morning, as we begin to sing this song, I want to ask you. You say, Pastor Jeff, I'm willing. I'm willing to go out of my way to save a life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand up right now? That's me. That's me. I'm willing to go out of my way. Come on. Let's, let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, we stand here right now because, God, you've called us. Lord, our friends are counting on us. 
our co-workers God they're counting on us Lord the people around our lunchroom table are counting on us oh God the people in our family oh God our brothers our sisters our mothers our fathers our sons our daughters they're counting on us and today father I pray that you would help us to look around us and God you would let us realize that under all the aggravation under all the frustration, under all the anger, under all the curse words, under all the bad things, God, that behind us a person is asking a question. Will you go out of your way to save me? And God, I pray today that you would let us walk out of here, oh God, today, standing on your principles and your promise, and we would stand by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may make a difference in this world, oh God. We're here, oh God, to make a change. Use us, oh God. Use our lives, oh Lord, to make a difference and save the lives of so many. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.